Yeah. The Flathead Zone, the local sports talk show. The Knock on Sports. Six to eight weeknights. Only on 96.5 and 600 KGEZ. Here's your host, Anthony Knockreiner. Big Sky Conference tournament is going on in Boise, Idaho, as the Montana Grizzlies got a win earlier today. The Montana State Bobcats advanced yesterday. Unfortunately for the Lady Grizz, their season is done. But joining me right now to break it all down is Colter Nuanez, host of Nuanez Now on ESPN Missoula, as well as owner and operator of SkylineSportsMT.com. Colter, it's great to chat with you, man. I hope you're doing well down there in Boise. Going to begin some of that natural sound, as we like to say in the radio biz here, Anthony, because the starting lineup for the uh, first women's basketball semifinal about to be announced. But uh, it's going to be back in uh, Boise. Going to be covering some postseason basketball and going to be talking to you. So thanks for having me. Well, Coulter, first off, man, just give me your thoughts because it was around this time when this tournament got shut down this time last year. What's it like being back? And obviously, what well, we're still kind of dealing with a pandemic, but it, it feels like this thing's going to keep going. Yeah, I mean, I think that there's no real other option. I mean, we could get into the uh, the bad parts of, of college basketball, but the fact of the matter is that the NCAA tournament must happen because if the NCAA tournament does not happen, I believe that uh, a good majority of the college sports that we all enjoy, particularly the non-revenue sports, will no longer exist. And so uh, we have done everything possible in our power to get to this point. It's been a hellacious season filled with cancellations and all sorts of crazy rules and protocols and travel and all that stuff but at the end of the day here we are in the postseason and uh i mean we're almost done with the women's tournament already we're already in the final four of that so we'll have an NCAA tournament representative here in less than 48 hours and uh but the men's tournament seems to be going pretty well as well so i think that uh, you know it is, it is weird being back here sort of in ground zero but uh, i'm really happy to be back and i think the big sky is determined to send a, a pair of teams to the respective NCAA tournaments, and I fully expect that to happen. Coulter, let me get your thoughts as Montana defeated Idaho earlier today, 69-64. At one point, Montana was in firm control of this one, but Idaho made a game of it late. What did you take away from the Grizz win as uh, they win here on day number one? I mean, honestly, it was the exact same script that Montana's played over and over and over and over and over and over again this year. It's been unbelievable how they've played almost the exact same game almost every single time out. Pretty much the only conference games they played this year that weren't from the same script were when they got whipped by Eastern Washington twice and when they split with Weaver State and they dictated the Weaver State game the first time and then gave up 91 points in the second one. So other than that, it's been Montana will, will play a back-and-forth game. They'll take a lead in the second half, and then they won't make a shot for five to eight minutes. And then it'll come down to the final possession. And a couple times they pulled out wins like they did against Idaho State a couple weekends ago. And a lot of times they've come out with losses like they did in the final seconds against Northern Colorado, against Northern Arizona, a couple one-point losses to Southern Utah. So this was the exact same thing. The Grizz were up 15 with about eight minutes to go. They did not make a shot for the entire rest of the game, but they were able to convert 10 free throws to keep Idaho at bay. And now they're into the quarterfinals. So now we're going to get to the upcoming matchup, but, Pretty intriguing now because the one matchup that I think Montana wanted in this tournament was to play Weaver State. They've always had Weaver State's number when it comes to this tournament, and so we'll see how that plays out tomorrow. But uh, regardless, uh, I know the Vandals were only a one-win team. They were the 11th seed. 
But for this young Montana squad, I mean, every single guy that played in this game today, that was their first conference tournament game except for Mac Anderson. So they got a squad full of guys that have never been here before. So I know it was not pretty, but uh, Montana moving on, I think that that's something that you could definitely build upon, and we'll see now maybe if the Grizzlies can make a run. Well, here's the thing, Coulter, and let's go ahead and dive into that game against Weber State because, as you mentioned, they split earlier. Uh, as you kind of alluded to, it's a matchup that seems favorable to them. So let me get your thoughts. Do you think they can get a win against Weber State tomorrow? And at the same time, what do you constitute as a successful tournament for Montana? Obviously, we know that the usual standards are winning the conference tournament, but with such a young team, that seems like a daunting task, especially with having to win four games in four days. What kind of constitutes as a win in your mind for the Grizzlies? As far as the Weber State question goes, it just depends on how much you think history and recent history influences what's going to happen tomorrow. Weber State, the thorn in their side for the duration of Randy Ray's otherwise outstanding tenure at Weber has been Montana. And Coach Ray is the five-time Big Sky Conference Coach of the Year. He's been in the NCAA tournament at least four, maybe five times in his career. But since 2010, Weber State has lost in the conference tournament to Montana six times. They've lost in the conference championship to Montana three times. So Montana has been the, the team that's always taken Weber out. And, you know, even this year, that win that Montana had in Missoula over Weber, that cost Weber State the conference championship. They finished as the third seed. They had the same record as Eastern Washington. But if they sweep the Grizz, they're been tied with Southern Utah, and uh, they beat Southern Utah this year. So that they would have had the tiebreaker. They would have been the one seed. So it's continued into this year. That said, I do think Weaver State's a much more talented team than Montana this year. They have a lot more uh, veteran talent. I know that most of them are new to the program and new to this tournament because the majority of their rotation is made up of transfers. But I think that just matchup-wise, they, get, they just have some guys that can really take it to Montana. But that said, I don't know what – I mean, as far as what constitutes a successful season, it's hard to say because this is the first true rebuilding year Montana's had in a really long time. I mean, it's not really a program that rebuilds. They basically just reload. And the fact that some of their older guys on the roster were supposed to be transfers that then in turn left the program right away, like Michael Stedman and Cam Satterwhite, it makes it so that they are one of the youngest teams in this tournament. So winning a game is a good thing. If they got to the semis, I think you could say that's a successful season. And obviously if they made a run and got into the championship, that would definitely be a success. But, I mean, this year has just been so hard to evaluate all the way across the board. You know, Montana probably wouldn't have even been the sixth seed in this tournament if they wouldn't have gotten their last two regular season games canceled against Idaho. So if they win those two regular season games and they move up a seed, well, then where are they at? Do they get to play Idaho State in the quarterfinals instead of the Cats? Do they get to then, you know, have a shot to get into the semifinals before they have to play one of those big three teams? I don't know. But I think that this year has been largely disappointing for Montana. They're not used to having even 500 records under Travis DeCure or any of the guys that came before him in their great coaching tree. Um, but I do think that if they beat Weber State tomorrow, that would absolutely constitute a successful season for Montana's men's basketball team. Right now we are with Colton Nuanez, host of Nuanez now on ESPN Missoula. Also a great contributor to SkylineSportsEMT.com and doing some great stuff over there following along. Uh, check them out on social media as well as they got the latest up there for with scores and updates. Coulter, let me get your thoughts here. Let's go to Lady Grizz basketball. Mike Petrino's been playing under the interim head coach uh, tag. Um, I, I like Mike. I like Petrino. I've, the conversations I've had with him, I feel like he's the right guy for the program. But just give me your thoughts. Uh, do you feel like Petrino will be retained, or is it even hard to evaluate that given that it was a pandemic year? We could go on for hours about this topic. This is a, 
this is about as um, juicy and multi-layered as it gets in the Montana sports scene. But uh, I guess let's let's say it like this: on one hand, uh, I've been covering Lady Grizz basketball for 16 years. That's the worst loss in the history of the program. I mean, Sacramento State is number 339 in RPI. That's a two-win team that got swept by the only other team that's in the RPIs of 330s. They got swept by Weber State, who's who's just awful, and they got swept by them. So, I mean, that's a terrible loss for Montana, no question about it. And when you watch the game, uh, it wasn't as if Sac State was just on this crazy upset bid, stroking threes, doing all these things. It was Montana just completely melting down. They had such terrible turnovers down the stretch. They could not convert. They looked so nervous. But I think a part of that is they are just haunted by the history of their program. They're haunted by the expectations of all the success that Montana women's basketball had for nearly four decades under Robin Silva. And uh, until they get over that, I don't think it matters who the coach is. I think they need to, they need to move beyond uh, the past and get into the future because the tradition and the history is something you can certainly build on. It's a huge advantage for Montana in a lot of different ways. But you can't let it completely overwhelm you when you get to these big games because that's been the M.O. of the program for five years now. When they get into big games, they completely melt down and they can't get it done. So then you ask me if Petrino is the guy. Man, I think that he and his staff got among the most raw deals I've ever seen. First of all, they, they think they're going to be extended because they think Shannon Schrader's getting a contract extension because Montana athletic director Kent Haslam uh, said that. And so then you think, okay, well, we're going to get another year. Well, then about a month later, Schrader's not, re, uh, not, re, uh, not re-signed. She doesn't get a contract extension. And uh, now all of a sudden you're sitting there thinking, oh, but now we need to look for a new job. And then because of a uh, university-wide hiring freeze, they asked Petrino if he'd be the interim. At the time he took over the team, they had, what, six players on their roster because they had so many transfers and plus the graduation of uh, several seniors. And so, I mean, it's a, just, it's a terrible spot to be in for them. And so I think that, you know, if you would have asked me back in May what I thought the Lady Grizz were going to do, I would have told you I thought they were going to have one of the worst seasons in program history. So on that note, maybe the fact that they did get up to the sixth spot means that they, they did well. They overachieved, so maybe that's a good thing for Mike Petrino. But on the other hand, I think that they have several of the best players in the Big Sky Conference, and I think that they should be a lot uh, – I think they should be a lot more competitive than they are. And so it's tough. I think that they're going to do a national search. I think Mike Petrino will definitely be in the mix to be the next Lady Grizz head coach. But I'm still undetermined on whether he's the guy to lead the program or not. I agree with you. I like Coach Petrino. I think that he's a good guy. I like talking to him. I think he understands what it's all about. But you just, I, you just have to wonder. I think that Montana might just need a fresh start so that they can get into the future and get beyond the past because you're not replacing Robin Selvig. He's not coming back. So you have to figure out a way to embrace everything that he built but not have it be this overwhelming narrative that, that makes you then melt down mentally in big games. Coulter, well, let's end with this here as uh, we get ready. Montana State, the Bobcats, uh, I think the expectations, we weren't really sure considering considering all the guys that we, they lost last year, but this team has been really competitive under Coach Danny Sprinkle. Uh, they take on Idaho State tomorrow. What chance do you give Montana State to, one, uh, just be competitive and maybe be a team that we see Saturday night? Well, I think the Cats have a good batch of an Idaho State because they play contrasting styles. Idaho State likes to play slow. They like to play defensive basketball. They like to out-rebound you. I think if Montana State can step up, particularly Jabril Bellow, if he can help Montana State hang on the glass particularly, that would be a huge factor for MSU. 
I think when Montana State's best guys are at their best, when Xavier Bishop, Amin Adamu, and uh, Jabril Bello are at their best, that's one of the best trios in the league. If those guys can all play well simultaneously, they could definitely make a run. I mean, they're a team that has crazy athleticism in the backcourt. That's probably the fastest and most athletic backcourt in the big sky. So if those guys get it cranked up and they get it going, they can definitely compete. I just think that Montana is going to Montana State, excuse me, is going to have an interesting draw because if they can get past Idaho State tomorrow, which I do think they will be favored, then I think that uh, they match up against Southern Utah. If Southern Utah can get past Northern Colorado, would be a pretty interesting one. The Cats didn't get a chance to play Southern Utah this year. Southern Utah is really athletic as well. And their backcourt, I mean, that would be a, a matchup of absolutely the two most athletic backcourts in the league when Southern Utah and Montana State uh, square off. So, um, I mean, I don't know. I think that if the Caps could get in the semis, though, that would be a historic moment. I've been covering the Caps for 11 years, and they've never been that far. Right? They've only been to the, as far as they are right now, I think, three times in the last 20 years. So, uh, even just one win tomorrow would be a great step for Danny Sprinkle and his program. And I do think they have a favorable matchup against Idaho State. My feature guest, Coulter Nuanez, host of Nuanez now on ESPN, Missoula 102.9, and does a great job with SkylineSportsMT.com with the latest content for the Big Sky Conference. He has you covered. Coulter, really appreciate the time, really appreciate the insight. Enjoy the rest of the weekend in Boise. Look forward to chatting with you again soon, my man. Thanks, Anthony. Appreciate you, man.